Are you ready? Ready to release internal pain? To find confidence, clarity, and direction for your future? To live a life of meaning, fulfillment, and contribution? To trust your intuition again, but something's been holding you back? You've come to the right place. Welcome. I'm Ian Hawkins, the host and founder of the Grief Code podcast. Together, let's heal your unresolved or unknown grief by unlocking your grief code. As you tune in to each episode, you will receive insight into your own grief, how to eliminate it and what to do next. Before we start, I have one request. If any new insights or awareness land with you during this episode, please send me an email at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com and let me know what you found. I know the power of this work and I love to hear the impact these conversations have. Okay, let's get into it. This week I'm having a chat with Lisa Warner. She does some pretty amazing work out there in her community. She's learning plenty all the time and there's some stuff here I'm really intrigued by and curious and looking forward to diving into. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Ian. I'm happy to be here. It's an honor and a pleasure. Excellent. Yeah, looking forward to it. So you're an author. So let's start with what you have written. Well, I have, whoops, right here. I have written this book called The Simplicity of Self-Healing, which is a book that I wrote after I healed myself from facing cancer and uh, did not go the medical route. And I decided that that was not my journey in this lifetime. So I decided to go the completely natural route and uh, do something that most people haven't really done, or at least that I didn't know anybody that had done it at that time was I just went inside and I just started, I started meditating. I started looking for the answers within and all of a sudden one day the the information just downloaded and it became absolutely crystal clear to me what was going on with my body and everybody else's body. It was just, I saw that there was a massive misperception about cancer and disease. And as soon as I saw through the illusion, then it was like Dorothy throwing the bucket of water on the Wicked Witch and cancer just kind of the entire idea just melted away. And then it was just me and my body. And I I knew that I could just trust my body to heal itself. And that's exactly what happened. Amazing. So I'm curious, like, did that take any courage at the time like, was there a certain fear around you going, am I taking the right path? Oh, God, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> tell, tell me about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're facing something like that, you know, everybody else goes the traditional medical route. Yeah. And then... You know, and like I, you know, I had read, I'd read Louise Hay's book, you know, that was kind of the standard self-healing. That's the go-to. Yes. But I didn't know, like, I didn't know her and I didn't know there was nobody, no practitioners of self-healing around, like nobody that I could go to for guidance. I didn't find any self-healing coach. So um, I thought, I don't know, this is kind of crazy 
But at the time, I was so um, kind of just so far down in the depths of depression and anxiety. Um, I realized that I mean, I was the thought of chemo or radiation or long long term pharmaceuticals or radical surgery. All of those things terrified me. Like absolutely every time I thought of them, it was just pure horror. And so I knew that that was not my route. I knew that I could not do that. And then, you know, and I thought, well, you know what? I am so far down right now that if I can't heal myself, I really don't care because at least I'll be out. <laughs> like at least the pain will be gone. Wow. And I really truly didn't care which way it went. I'm like, either I'll heal myself or I won't. You know, Wait. either way, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting I'm getting tingles thinking about that. So it was like a perfect storm of you didn't see any other alternative. Yes, it took courage and yes, there was fear, but the alternative was scarier. Is that fair to say? Well, yeah, I mean, for me, the the whole medical route was, was really literally terrifying. But what I also realize now is that it really wasn't necessarily terror. It was my higher guidance. It was my, my inner being going, no, don't do that. You need to do something different. <laughs> so. Excellent. And so on that journey of writing the book, did you find that process healing in itself to get all that down on paper and be able to express your story? Yeah, absolutely. You know, after I had healed myself, I was still struggling with my place in the world because I just, you know, I, I always, I thought so differently than everybody else. And the things that I knew to be true just didn't seem to fit any of the paradigms. So I was really I, I wasn't finding my passion. I wasn't, I just couldn't figure it out. You know, I was always the square peg in the round hole and it just wasn't really working out so well. So I was still really struggling and I was taking some time off and I thought, you know, what do I do? I just kept asking for guidance and what do I do? What do I do? And I just kept hearing, right. Every time I ask, I'm like, yeah, right. What am I going to write? You know, it's like the next day, what do I do? Write. Okay, fine. I'll write something. What am I going to write? And it's like, well, I'll just, I'll just write down everything I came to realize about this whole cancer thing. Yeah. And I thought I was writing like a journal entry. Yeah. And after about 15 pages, I was like, yeah, I don't think it's a journal entry. I think I'm writing a book. <laughs> Excellent. I love that. Um, and that uh, is something that's been a bit of a theme for this week, talking about following the intuition that we get. Sometimes we're the intuition and we're like, really, that? But it's remembering <laughs> that it might not be that intuition, but it may be the intuition that leads to something else, to something else, to something else, which takes us to where we really need to be. And and sometimes it's about holding on, isn't it? Like, I don't know if I want to do that, but if that's what you like the guidance is saying, then let's go with it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so this journey that you went on is that something is it been a family history of of that sort of illness or illness in general or like was completely out of the blue no yeah it was it was there's no no 
no cancer history in my family that I really know of. I mean, I'm sure there's I'm my my father's my father's side has some, but you know, it wasn't wasn't anything that was really in my in my wheelhouse or you know in my purview. Yeah, yeah. So, so you said before you were like, well, I want, I'm going to do this differently, and you're looking for answers. And I don't know when this answer came, but one of the things you found was German new medicine, and it, ex- yeah, was that before or after going through the journey? Actually, it was it was far, it was long after. Oh I right, okay. yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of funny because I had written my book, and then um, a couple of years later. A, a friend introduced me to to one of her friends, you know, in the in the local area. And um, when she introduced me to this to this woman, Deanna Courtney, Deanna says, "Oh, you're the one that knows German new medicine." I was like, "I do," and she said, "Yeah, it's a book." I was like, "Oh, great! You mean somebody actually did the research? There's science behind all this." Yeah. When I when I wrote my book. I thought, who's going to believe me? You know, people want science. Like, they want to know. They want the research. And they want the physical evidence. And it's like, that's not me. I am not doing, I'm not equipped to do the research. So I'm just going to write the book and go on about my merry way until maybe at some point people will figure this out. And then when I met her, and she was a German new medicine practitioner, then she introduced me to the science of German new medicine. I was like, ah, there we go. Excellent. Now, someone's put a like on when you were talking about that, and that's for me as well. Like, I'm, I know a lot of people want the science, but, but that's not me either. I'm not, I'm not a researcher. I don't, like, go into detail. I just know what feels right and what works and go with that. So that's amazing that that showed up. So for those who are watching who have, ne- have no idea what German new medicine is, and I know, and I thank you for you for you introducing that to me, and and what I've read and listened to now since then is fascinating. So, could you, for the people tuning in, could you give them a, a snapshot of the the concept, and also, like you said, this was a concept that you actually learned through your own healing process as well, but how the science behind it and how this all just makes so much sense for people's healing journey. Yeah, absolutely. The, the body has a divine design. There is a way, a very com- a logical way that the universe works and a logical way that our bodies work. But as humanity, we've been asleep. We haven't recognized that there is an order to the universe and there are, there are universal laws. And if you work with the way the universe goes, like life is super simple, but when we don't and we're asleep and we're trying to figure things out in our head and, and do everything, life gets really, really pretty struggly. <laughs> so, yeah. so German new medicine is the universal way that our bodies are designed to function. There is a, a and it's all bodies on the planet, animals, fish, humans, all bodies are designed from the same template, which, gee, does that make sense or what? <laughs> you know? yeah. Once we understand the healing cycle and how the bodies are designed to function, it becomes really easy to see how to uh, allow the body to heal itself. And it's easy to see why the body does what it does, because 
every single symptom that shows up in the body has a biological meaning. It's there on purpose. It didn't just fall out of the sky onto your body. (laughs) The body does it on purpose. And that purpose is survival. We are designed to survive. And we are designed not only just to survive, we are designed to thrive. So we, as we are the infinite beings, the non-physical beings that have hopped into a physical body to have a physical experience, and these bodies are designed like the like the car from Back to the Future, you know. It's like this car that is the DeLorean that's got all the bells and the whistles and, you know, shape-shifting. It's everything you could want. These bodies are fully equipped with amazing resources. And everything we need to heal ourselves is right inside here. Yeah. And we just have to know how the body is designed to function so that we can really see why things are the way they are. We can start to trust our bodies and stop fearing them. Brilliant. So one of the things that that I learned when I started looking at some of the information you sent me and then from other information that's come to me, of course, as it usually plays out, is how specific events lead to specific types of illnesses. And the other fascinating part that, that I really made so much sense is the the stage this the four stages of healing that that they talk about in german new medicine the fourth stage is often filled with pain and all the symptoms and that's the moment where we go oh what's happening and we go off and we we find uh cures and that's actually at the time where the body's doing the final stage of healing and if we can just let it then we can actually come out the other side exactly You know, we as humanity, we've been living inside this layer of consciousness called the third dimension and that everything inside that third dimension is completely backwards. (laughs) It is the opposite of what we think it is. We look at the surface of things and we assume that what we're seeing is what is real, but it's actually the opposite. So when our bodies, when, when we have a shock, when something um, unexpected happens, we get this, we go into what is called a fight, flight, or freeze response. And as soon as that, that flight, fight, or freeze response is triggered, the body responds. The body does something to help us through the impending doom, whatever that is. Yeah. So if we are being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, then the body produces extra cells in the lungs so that we can fight off or run faster from that saber-toothed tiger. Amazing, right? Right? Like it's completely logical why the body does what it does. Yeah. And when we get through that crisis and it's like, okay, I didn't get eaten. We're all good. You know, live to see another day. Phew. All right. Now the body doesn't need those extra cells that it was building up. So now it has to take them down. So just like when we, the, the process of healing is a process of restoration, so the body is restoring itself to balance. When we were out of balance in that fight, flight, or freeze, going rut, row, rut, row, danger, danger, 
the body was responding, either building up extra cells or taking cells away. And then when we go, whew, okay, danger gone, we're good. Now the body reverses whatever it was doing in the first part. Yes. And just like when any renovation project, if anybody out there has ever gone through a home renovation type project, we know that the first thing that has to happen is first you hire the construction crew and then they go in and they start ripping everything out. You got to take out the old before you build in the new. Yeah. The body, it works the same way in our bodies. So the body has its own built-in 24-hour on-demand construction crews, which are called bacteria and quote-unquote viruses. <laughs> Should they actually exist? They've not actually ever proved, been proven scientifically to exist. However, those are the helpers. Those are the, the construction crew in our yep. bodies. That's what builds up and takes down and does all the construction. And then when those construction workers go in and they start doing ripping the old kitchen out <laughs> to put the new in, it's dirty, it's messy, it's painful, it's noisy. And then we have these symptoms and we go, oh no, I have all this pain. I'm, you know, I'm coughing or wheezing or sneezing or whatever we're doing. And yeah. we go, uh-oh, there's something wrong with me. No, you're actually in the process of healing. Your body is going through the reconstruction phase. Yeah. So this is necessary. And if we interrupt that phase with the, uh-oh, what's wrong with me now? We stop that phase. So then we get stuck because instead of going through that peak of healing where everything is really intense and we don't feel well and just realizing like, oh, I'm in healing. So instead of making it over that hump, we get to the top of the hump and then we fall back down the other side and the body's not able to complete the cycle. So when it's not able to complete the cycle, the cycle can either get re-triggered or we trigger a different cycle because a lot of times we go, we go in and we're at that peak of healing and we feel the worst and we're just about to flop over the other side and it's all good downhill sailing from there. We go in and we go, doctor, doctor, what's wrong with me? And then they look in there and they hand us a diagnosis like you have cancer or you have whatever it is. And it's like, oh, uh oh, now we just got another trigger. So now we just started a whole nother fight or flight process. Yeah. So this and then is it all why just um, things all come from each other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So like the lungs process a death fright, you know, like where yeah. we're afraid of being attacked or and, and being killed by something. The yeah. lung or or whether we're just struggling with death, you know, a, a, a loved one is in their death process and we're going through that process with them. You know, whatever it is that we're struggling with death, the death is the the key 
issue here and that the lungs respond to that. So as we're facing death, whatever that looks like for us, the lungs are building up extra cells so that Mm. no matter what it is that's trying to attack us, we have the extra oxygen available to have more stamina, to have more energy, to be able to fend off the attacker and keep ourselves alive. Amazing. so that's why the like lung cancer is like the I don't know, second or third most predominant cancer, because you go in and you get a diagnosis of cancer for some other type of cancer. And then you go, oh, my gosh, cancer. There's the death fright. So then oh, the lungs start a whole process of that. <laughs> so for those people that maybe they have a sudden illness and and maybe die really quickly, it can be other symptoms coming up and then they have a shock based on, even if they haven't spoken to anyone about it, they may have a shock about these symptoms they're experiencing and that brings on another reaction from the body? That can be, but it also can be, you know, like a, a heart attack is an epicrisis. That's like the peak of healing. So sometimes we don't survive that peak of healing. So we end up with like the ultimate healing, which is literally stepping back out of the body going, wow, that was a crazy ride. (laughs) Right. But it's actually what you said. It's that, that fear around the death experience that creates so much of the trauma, except that actually if we just realize something that my dad told me really early was, well, we are a a spirit in a having in a in a physical body, and the spirit lives on. And from what I've heard described from many people and my own near death experience, it's actually not necessarily a scary experience, but actually quite the opposite. Exactly. And there's that third dimensional thing. Everything in the third dimension is backwards. So we're so afraid of death. Death is amazing. Death isn't death. We don't stop existing. It's just simply getting rid of all of the stuff that's been keeping us trapped in survival mode. We just, and it just so happens that most of the time we've had to let go of our bodies in order to have that ultimate healing where it just, it's like, oh, whew, I feel like myself again. Okay. So, so how would you help someone? If we go back before that, how would you help someone to be able to make peace with that fear around their own death? Well, my experience, I mean, I can really only speak for for myself here. You know, I start as I have been meditating and understanding about the light body, the energy body that we have. We have an energy body. And there are multiple layers of this energy body. And the first layer is the, is the etheric body, which is basically the doppelganger of the physical body. It's the duplicate, but it's pure light, pure, pure energy. And we can, if with just pretending, we can sit in our chair and we can close our eyes and we can visualize our etheric body yeah. and we can get up 
out of the chair with the etheric body. The physical body is sitting in the chair, but we can get up. And in that etheric body, we can walk across the room and we can walk across the room. We can turn around and we can look back and we can see the physical body sitting in the chair. And when we do that, we notice that we are not the physical body. We have just gotten up and walked across the room. We have moved our attention point in the etheric body across the room. And we're looking back at the physical body sitting in the chair. So it becomes very, very clear that we are not the physical body. So I started to practice that a lot until I could recognize myself as non-physical. And then when I started to recognize myself as non-physical, the whole death experience became kind of a joke because non-physical, you can't die. The body is the car that we're driving. The bar, the body may stop, stop functioning, but you're stepping out of the car. You're not dead. You're, you're, you're still going like. <laughs> yeah. The, the thought that comes to mind for people who are watching and, and listening to this and, and it's maybe really challenging some of their belief systems. Maybe you've heard people talk about an out of body experience. And, and I know people like going through uh, childbirth, feeling like they've been sitting above themselves, watching it as their body goes into a state of shock and and so instead it's that that removal I, I don't know if anyone else has had this experience where sleeping and then it feels when you wake up that you have a drop and it's like that mm-hmm. energy body that's sitting above you when you and then you just wake up really quickly and it's like well, what was that all about so I, I feel like many people would have had these out-of-body experiences but they just put them down to some other experience or they explain it away in in a way that makes sense to their belief system so do you take people through yes you use your own experience and that's the one of the best ways to help people to to create a shift how would you help people to then expand their belief system to be able to go through a healing journey so that they can allow their body to heal whatever is causing them concern Well, when you start to, I mean, it's really just a a very logical process, because when we can start to see that there is an intelligent design to our bodies, and there's an intelligent design to the universe. And when we, I mean, pretty much everybody knows about we're we're body, mind, and soul. But as humans, we have been operating as three separate parts. The body is one part, the mind is another part, and the soul, well, that's probably off somewhere, and, you know, maybe when we die, we'll be reacquainted. Yeah, yeah. But we are all three pieces right here, right now. We are the soul. That is who we are. We are not the body, and we are not the mind. We are the soul, yeah. but we have all three pieces that need to work in alignment. And when they are not in alignment, life feels bad. It feels difficult. It feels like a struggle. It feels like we want to hide. It feels like fear or doubt or guilt or anxiety. But what really is happening is 
we are being guided by the soul, by the higher intelligence, by our own universal intelligence 24-7. And when we, it's so simple that we completely overlook it. And that, that guidance system is if something feels good, if it feels expansive, if, if it feels in alignment, that's the soul going, yeah, go that direction. Yes, green light, green light, go. Yeah, and when yeah. stuff feels like, mm, mm, I don't, that's the soul going, eh, eh, you got red light, you're thinking something that's not true. <laughs> yeah, we've been programmed to believe that it's got to be a struggle. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like the movies we watch, the shows we watch, the yep. things we experience, like, oh, yeah, you got to work hard and you've got to struggle. And it's like, no, when you follow the intuition, that universal guidance, and again, you can describe that any way you want to, when you follow the intuition, then it, yeah, it gets easier. Yeah. And I think that's one of the greatest challenges for people is because it it's out of what they've been told and the patterns that have just been drummed into them over and over again. So for me around finding alternative ways of healing, it was hearing. So when, when I had certain things that were going on with my physical body, injuries from sport were most of them. And then hearing from experiences from people saying, Oh, I went to acupuncture and, and I didn't need an operation because of, I went to four sessions of acupuncture. I'm like, okay, I'm curious about that. And then, and then going and having four sessions on a, experience with a broken bone in my foot where I had orthotics and I had um, all these other, you know, anti-inflammatories. And then the next solution from the doctor was like, well, let's hammer and chisel. We've got to get those bone spurs off. And instead oh. four sessions at a, uh, at an acupuncturist and I haven't had pain there again. And then suddenly your mind opens to, well, I had heartburn and got given uh, a pretty strong thing for my heartburn which made me just feel like I'd had glandular fever again. Like, and I'm like, what is going on? And then it's like, oh, actually, maybe it's this. Stop taking it, change my diet instead, and then the heartburn goes. And it's like, well, that's really interesting. And, and suddenly your mind opens up to a whole new way of looking at it. So for you, when you went on that journey, did you have moments like that where you were exposed to something that was like, oh, this is interesting, and then went down that path? Yeah, I did that multiple times. Um you know, I, I tried doing, um, you know, just a bunch of different, you know, like diets, you know, of course, that's like one of the first things that comes to your mind is, you know, well, I got to change my diet and, and, um, you know, or supplements or, you know, different energy modalities, whatever. But what I really knew was that this was my call to mastery. It was my call to wake up when I was a very, when I was a child, I had some very profound awarenesses. Um, I was just able to see huge patterns throughout humanity. And one of the things that I could see was that humanity was asleep. And it was absolutely crystal clear to me. I could see it. And at the time, as a toddler, it's like, what do you do with that? I mean, it was, it was my parents were asleep. My grandparents were asleep. Everybody around me was asleep. And what that meant was that the soul was vacant. Like they had no awareness of themselves as a divine being. And they had yeah. forgotten unconditional love. That's what we are. 
the the non-physical part of us is just unconditional love that is source and i was sitting in that space looking at humanity going hey this is what's real the unconditional love this is what's real this is what's all pervasive this is what lasts eternally human is just a small little playground you know earth is a playground that you're having this human experience but you've forgotten and there's all kinds of stress and strife and and struggle and worry because you've forgotten but you know what was i to do with that information and it was just it was super overwhelming for me but when i was when i went on my journey i knew that my journey was to get back to that spot to get back to that space of knowing okay so let's talk more about that so i had a similar experience when I was a child, not necessarily that I could have the awareness that it was all of humanity, but my world, I saw different things that just made sense to me but didn't fit in with what else was going on. So that took me slowly away from recognising that. And and while it still showed up at different times where I felt comfortable as a shy kid doing it, but often I would just be sitting there going, Oh, that's like I need to act there, but I just didn't have the courage to do so. And there were different moments that allowed me to come back more and more to that. So, was that the experience for you? Did you just did that? Did you end up softening that ability, or was it always there? And what sort of what was the point where you started really rediscovering it and stepping back into that space? Well. At, at at two years old, you know, seeing the unconditional love did not exist on this planet. It was, it gave me the impression that everything that I knew to be true didn't exist here. So that I would never have anything that I knew to be true. So at two years old, I, I knew that I had to give up my knowing because what I knew just simply didn't work here. That was how yeah. I lost us that. You have a clear memory of that? Yeah. Oh, wow. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> just like it was yesterday. Wow. Yep. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. And, okay. that, and it, it so, set up a pattern of shame because I felt ashamed of giving up everything that I was because I had to fit in. I had to make this lifetime work somehow. So this is why like, I could never quite figure out how to fit in because I could never just be myself. So it, it set up a very interesting pattern for this lifetime. I ended up becoming a figure skater. I grew up as, a, as a, like an elite athlete. And that was, that was where I could be myself, was out on the ice, where I could express and I could skate and I could just be. <laughs> and so that was that was my outlet for a really long time. And figure skating was my world for for a long time through, you know, until I, in my 40s when I they changed the sport so much that I just didn't want to change with it the way it was going. So I slowly backed out of the sport. But um, but yeah, it, I had given up my my intuition, my knowing all of that. I had just buried it all. But then when I started facing the cancer thing, it was like, uh, I know I need to reactivate this. This this is my solution. I knew that that was my solution was to get back there. Excellent. I had the same experience. So my my abilities showing up in sport and, and a place where I felt like I 
fitted in and I could be myself. And there's some really definitive people in my life who were able to help me to see that. Did you have moments where that intuition showed up perfectly in your ice skating? Um, there were times when I, I remember very clearly skating backwards around the end of the rink and just like I was just flying and it was just so easy and everything was just so effortless. And in that moment, I knew that I was absolutely, totally unlimited. And it was it was just like a, a momentary glimpse. But I knew that that was what was actually true. Yeah. And so it would show up every once in a while, but it didn't ever show up like strongly enough for me to really dive into it and be able to sink my teeth into it. So this is, that was the, my, my wake up call was the whole cancer thing. So how would you help someone who came to you to be able to start finding more of who they really were if they, if they weren't facing a major life event? So mm-hmm. I talk about, some significant moments in my life, which kind of shocked me into action. Maybe people haven't faced that. Maybe this year they've been forced to face that, but how would you help someone who's going, well, I know I need to change, but there's nothing really pushing me to do it at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's, there's something inside each one of us that, you know, like we know that there's a better life available, meaning a more comfortable life, a more passionate life, a more vibrant and radiant life, something that is really worth living. And so many of us have been living less than who we are, settling for okay, but not really great like not at our full capacity so each one of us now is we are in that process as humanity we are moving up into this higher version of ourselves into this version of ourselves that is letting go of all the lack and limitation and the fight or flight mode and we are stepping into the higher self and so what I what I talk about is when we were born, what, you know, when we became a soul, when we were first given life as a soul, we were given an individual aspect. We are each unique souls. So we are not like any other soul. Every soul created is completely unique. And when we are born in these bodies, we are each completely unique and we have our own essence. But then we get programmed, we get plugged into the mass consciousness. And then we start thinking as the herd, you know, all of those, the the societal norms and all of those programmed beliefs that don't always feel good for us. But we don't realize that we're thinking thoughts that really don't belong to us. It never really occurs to us that those thoughts of I'm not okay, I'm, I shouldn't do that, I should never fit in, you know, I'm not going to be okay, I'm not going to succeed. We don't realize that those don't belong to us. 
So the process really is to start separating out what belongs to us, what energies are ours, and what energies belong to the collective. Because we're walking around in this gigantic puree, you know, I talk about it like a, like a soup. When you put the carrots and the peas and the beans, you know, you put all of those things in the soup and you cook it for a while and then you blend it all together into a puree. Now you can't tell the carrots from the onions in that puree. And this is what happens to all of us when we're walking around and we're exchanging energy with everybody all the time. And some of my energy goes over there with them and some of their energy comes in here with me and and it's all just a big soup. So we have to start becoming the individual again, starting to recognize what belongs to me and what doesn't belong to me. Yeah, and often how we start to identify that is through our emotions. And I know so many people going through a challenging year like many have this year is that the emotion that is being triggered for them is then amplified by everyone else within their energy field or those they're connected with, particularly those closest to us. And then suddenly they're having all of these symptoms and thoughts and feelings that are just so overwhelming in there. And they're, then they potentially then start having the self-talk where they're blaming themselves. But it is a question of just being able to sit in that silence and ask, is this me or is this someone else and and waiting for the reaction from your body and when you can do that and be able to then stand in your own stuff and be able to separate the two it really does change everything even going through the most challenging times right absolutely and and that it all comes back to that kind of inner guidance system when we're sitting here in these emotions that don't feel good that's the higher self going, hey, not your stuff. It's not yours. Let it go. It's not your stuff. Because yeah. the stuff that belongs to us always feels good because it's in alignment with who we are. Brilliant. So you mentioned before at that point where you had your cancer diagnosis, you were filled with anxiety and, and a whole lot of other different things going on. What had led you to that point where, so you, you were on this journey and you were realizing that you need to get back to that space, but what was causing the anxiety? Well, the it was causing that I couldn't figure out how to fit into this world. Like oh, I, every, cool, that age. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was, in, you know, that was in my thirties or whatever, you know, I was always struggling because I couldn't figure out what my passion was. I was having, I was struggling with money all the time. Because having some job that I wasn't passionate about was just so counterintuitive to me. It's like, I can't just keep living to go get some paycheck. You know, it, it, it never made sense to me. And I mean, I had some lovely jobs and I did some great things and, you know, not to knock it, but like it, it just wasn't fulfilling my soul. And I was just, I just kept looking and trying to figure out, where is it that I am supposed to fit in here? So I was, my struggle was always with the money thing. So it was always just the, I couldn't ever get it figured out. So that struggle then made me feel 
less than, and then I was struggling with relationships as well. I had a couple of failed relationships. And so I was feeling rejected by life, by men, by, you know, just even myself. And so the symptoms in my body were symptoms that reflected that feeling of being rejected. So. Yeah, and, and, I, and I love how open you've been around that. I think that's there are, there are things that a lot of people would have faced, like being tied to the paycheck. And, and I felt the same way when I was looking to do my own thing and I started to find more fulfillment. It was still, how on earth am I going to do that? Well, ultimately, when it comes down to it, if it's your own health or the health of the most important people in your world, then all that stuff actually takes a back seat. So how would you recommend to people that they can separate that and remember what is most important and be able to move through those challenges and follow that intuition to their fulfillment? Yeah, well, one of the first things is meditation, to be able to sit and get quiet. Because what happens to us as humans, we are so tuned in to the TV, to the media, to the movies, to the all the oh. shenanigans of the external world, that yeah. our focus gets drawn away. And when we are focused on the external world, we're not focused inside. We lose contact with the inside. And even the external world tells us that it's selfish to put yourself first, that you need to put everybody else first, that to have for yourself is, is an act of selfishness. So sitting quietly, meditating, creating some space for ourselves can be very, very challenging in the face of those beliefs when everybody's trying to pull us in all different types of directions and the media is trying to pull us in all types of directions. So turning off the TV, putting the phone down, getting quiet and just breathing because in order to do this, you have to be able to quiet the mind. Because when that mind is constantly moving, we're always in motion. But the soul is stillness itself. All the answers lie in the stillness. And the soul doesn't have to think. The soul is just aware of the answers when the question is asked. So when we can get quiet and stop that monkey mind and just simply notice, we can ask a question. We can ask what direction would be best for me? What's most beneficial? You know, what do I need to know? And when we get quiet, that information Everything comes to us. We don't need to go out and look for answers because the universe is brilliantly designed. And that's the design. Ask and it is given. That's the entire design of the universe. 
Um, but usually we're asking with our monkey mind going, oh, my God, I don't like this. What, what's going to happen? And the universe goes, wow, I see you like confusion. I see you like chaos. Here, let me give you some more. <laughs> um, you referenced asking it's given. So I was introduced to uh, Abraham Hicks through that very expression yeah. in their book. Absolutely. And I, I love, I was only talking about this with a client this morning, that, that um, we ask the universe for something. And, and the universe says, very well, here's a thousand ways that can happen. And then our mind starts going, but it's got to be this way. And so the universe says, very well, here you go, it's this way. And then we go, but it probably won't even work out for me anyway. And the universe says, very well, I'll give it to someone else. And then we're sitting there going, oh, but this doesn't work. I've asked, but it's not coming back. And it really is separating that that noise from the ego, from the, the brain chatter and being able to find that stillness. So do you take people, the people that you help, do you take them through a process to be able to find that stillness if they've got a very busy life? And if so, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. We, I have some very simple tools that we start to use. Um, one of my favorite tools is, is similar to my, to my logo. I use the, the analogy of a globe, like a beautiful snow globe is how it came to me in my, in my awareness. Um, and sitting inside your own personal space because when you can have a, a visual you know internal visual of sitting inside a beautiful glass globe yeah. that is your own personal space yeah. nobody else's energy belongs in there your energy by yourself then you can set that space to happy curious peaceful calm, enthusiastic, however you want to feel, create well-being in this space. And the more you sit in this quiet space and create it with your energy, the way you would like it to be, it becomes a personal sanctuary. This becomes the beach where you can go for sanctuary, for safety, for peace and calm, anytime it's available 24 seven, but you have to create it and you have to allow yourself to utilize your imagination. And this globe works on amazing levels. There are so many uses for this, but it's really helpful to be able to notice your own personal energy space and then when somebody else's energy comes in, it doesn't feel good. So it's kind of an immediate trigger to go, wait a minute, that's not my stuff. That doesn't belong in my globe. Brilliant. Do you take people through a guided process to do that? And yeah. could, we do that? could we do that quickly now? Sure, why not? I right. mean, it's, so first thing, we need to give ourselves permission to pretend to simply use our imaginations yeah. because we've been talked out of our imaginations. We've been talked out of our ability to create because we create with our imagination. Yeah. Um, as kids, we're always taught, stop daydreaming. That's just your imagination. That doesn't, that's not real. Those, those angels that you're playing with, that's your imagination. They're not real. So we turn off that ability. So the first thing we need to is allow ourselves to just pretend and play and use our imagination. Okay. 
Come just on. take a nice deep breath and just kind of call all of your energy back to you for a moment. Just kind of gather yourself up. And just imagine if you were sitting inside your own personal snow globe, how would you create that space? How would you like that to feel? That sense of well-being, that sense of calm, peace, joy. Every day it can be different, capable, confident, certain. All of these energies, all of the positive energies, all of the energies that make us feel good, those are the energies that we are. Those are the energies that belong to us. They're the energies that are fully aligned with who we are as the soul. When you can imagine this space and create it for yourself, this is how you start to notice yourself. All of the other energies of fear or doubt or guilt, they've all been implanted from the external world into our globe. They don't belong here. They don't belong to us. They feel bad because they're not ours. So when we start to notice these energies that don't belong to us, we can start to clear them out of our globe. We can clear them out by creating a grounding cord from the base of our spine down into the earth, just like a big beam of light that connects from the base of our spine from that first chakra down into the center of the earth. And we can allow any energies that don't belong to us to simply be grounded off down that grounding cord. And just notice how you feel sitting in this space that belongs to you with your own energies in here. This is just your own light allowing everything that doesn't belong to simply ground off, leaving this space in this globe clear, clean, and fully aligned with who you are as the soul. Just notice the shift of energy. Notice how you feel. And if you spend some time on a daily basis, a few minutes a day doing this practice, this can change your entire world because this is your safe space. 
It belongs to you. Every person on the planet has their own safe space. The space where it's 100% of your own energy is in your own space. If we as humans walked around the planet with 100% of our own energy in our own space, creating this safe, peaceful sanctuary, what a different world this would be. Wow, that was cool. Um, and that process healing in itself, um, I loved the uh, the process of just funneling everything that wasn't mine down through that cord. Um, so that's a bit different to some of the other ways that I've learned that or, or channeled. Um, and what I found was that the more I put down there, the more that light was just pulsing out from my globe um and then just stillness uh it was beautiful thank you you're welcome and for anyone who's watched this and maybe just watched that process i really encourage you to allow yourself space to to take that on um because yeah that's some that's some powerful work thank you so much for sharing that lisa you're welcome. That's why my that's why my logo is the way it is, the globe. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool. So what would you love to see as an expansion for humanity? This is something you've thought about your whole life at this juncture in our history. What's what do you see next and what would you love to be able to tell the world? My vision is for a disease-free planet by 2050, like for everybody to be living in well-being because it doesn't take much. It's here right now. There are those of us who are living in this space where disease does not exist. As we move into these higher dimensions of consciousness, disease is part of that third dimension where everything is backwards, where everything is the negative. So as we, as we step our consciousness up and we start to recognize the divine design of the body, we start to realize that our bodies have never been being attacked by disease. That's simply not what's happening. All of the symptoms in the body are meaningful biological processes. So it's completely doable in my estimation to have a totally disease-free planet by 2050. I'm sure it can happen faster than that, but we'll leave it up to humanity to figure that out for themselves. But this is what I teach my clients, is how to have absolute total faith and trust in their own body and how to bring themselves back into alignment. Because when we have wobbles in our health, it's like driving down the road and having wobbles in the car because there's a misalignment because so when we're when that happens we don't try to fix the tires or the wheels because there's nothing wrong with the tires or the wheels we have to fix the alignment so it's the same with our body there's nothing wrong with our bodies ever but the mind and the soul can be very misaligned 
So when we bring everything back into alignment, the wobbles go away and the ride gets a whole lot smoother and easier. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's the word for the day because in my meditation this morning, um, I, I've had no inspiration to be doing any posts or writing in the last two or three weeks. And okay, if that's the case, I'm just sitting in that. This morning, the inspiration came back and it was, uh, I need to talk more about alignment because I see so many people still struggling and they're doing what you talked about before. And it's like, that's, that's not your path because the path that's easy is, is like, um, like, uh, Jen Forster, whose event I was in this week, she talks about how, well, she talked about this week, she produced 30 10 minute videos in one day because she was just in alignment and it was just flowing out of her. Like I know people have, taken years to create that sort of content one day one sitting the next thing came next thing came next thing came and so when we get to that place then it can unfold so that's a great place to leave it and that to me that is the path to that vision of yours 2050 is the more time we can spend in that alignment find more of that alignment and when everything just comes into place then yeah it's it's a beautiful thing lisa Thank you so much. I know there's one more thing you wanted to share. You've got a program starting in the near future. Um, I so do. For anyone who's interested, who's been listening to this going, oh, I need to hear more about this. Um, yeah, <laughs> tell us about that briefly. Yes, if anyone is interested, I am starting a new course. It's called Conscious Self Healing. So activating our conscious self, the soul self, the higher self, and self-healing. So um, this course is going to be a lot of the things that we spoke about today. We'll, we'll dive deeper into how to align ourselves, how to bring our energies back, how to see the body from a different perspective, how to understand the body, how that works. So my course is launching on November 9th. So I'm very excited about it. I've already sold a few spaces, so I'm only taking 12. This is a beta beta test. It's my first first go round through the course, so I'm offering it at half price for those intrepid souls who are ready to create. Brilliant. So. <laughs> Brilliant. And this is not like it's your first course, right? You've built many no, things. So this is the, this is the latest. One. Yep. Yeah, the latest from your alignment. So yep. it will be next level from anything you've done before. What yep. an amazing opportunity for anyone who's intrigued. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your intuition and guidance. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you so much, Ian. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Grief Code podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please share it with a friend or family member that you know would benefit from hearing it too. If you are truly ready to heal your unresolved or unknown grief, let's chat. Email me at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com. You can also stay connected with me by joining the Grief Code community at ianhawkinscoaching.com forward slash the grief code. And remember, so that I can help even more people to heal, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.